welcome to this week's episode of Tech Talk. I'm your host, Michael Amagon, and here we have with us our co-host, Rickwell. So this week we have some interesting topics, as per usual. Um, but we're going to start off with a very controversial one. And this is something that Google was doing. And it got to the point where they quite literally had their employees protest against them for it. Which is kind of a new thing. Like You don't really hear employees protesting Google. And essentially what this was is that... So Google actually went into contracts and started to develop artificial intelligence for the government. And, you know, whenever that fear comes along, it pretty much goes into, well, here we go, <laughs> dystopian future, we've gonna get drones that's gonna start to kill people. <laughs> Am I wrong, Vicky? Hold on a second. I'm not hearing you. So back to the show. Ah, uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, you were pretty much telling me your your thoughts on this dystopian AI future. Oh yeah. Usually, like when the government gets involved, it's this when things hit the fan. They usually like the cause of anything that happens in movies in regards to like aliens. It's usually the government or like. They're, they were doing like some type of experiment or something and it went wrong. So it's usually when government when the government gets involved, there's no good that comes out of it. No that's, offense, government. <laughs> that's a fair assessment. At least that's what Hollywood portrays. And I mean, for all yeah. we know, that's actually what's happening for a lot of places and cases. But um, yeah, so essentially they were protesting because they didn't want that dystopian future. Like they didn't want their work to be used for the purpose of killing people. Which, I don't know, to me, that makes a whole lot of sense. Like, I, I don't want to be, I wouldn't want to be involved with something like that, for example. Um, so it was a few thousand Google employees protested for months. Like, for uh, I think it was about two months. And um, it... It was called Project, uh, Lord, what is it exactly called? Uh, Project. Project Maven. Um, which former and current employees say it was a Pentagon effort to infuse the U.S. military with AI. And that it triggered dissent inside Google. More than 4,500 Google employees signed a letter protesting the project, saying they didn't want Google's technology to help potentially kill people. So, from there, it went further, if that can even be believed. It went further in that Google said, okay, we hear you. We will not continue, but there was a catch past the current contract date which ends in 2019 
which means for the rest of this year they'll still be working with the government on ai projects yeah. we're we gonna like try speed up everything and finish it for this year so by next year their job is basically already completed and they don't feel like that hurt of not helping out the government anymore mm-hmm a little little sneaky right there but here's the thing google then now keep in mind google just recently also got rid of some a very important clause in their vision which is don't be evil and then this happens coincidence i think not Google's about to be evil. Well, I mean, it's kind of coming across that way when you look at it. So, I don't know. Um, I'm not getting... Facebook's comments are a little wonky right now. I keep an eye on that. Um... Okay, never mind. They're coming through. But they then came back and said, you know, we're going to change up our 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 then objectives. They came back and said, you know. So their objectives for AI applications then became be socially beneficial. Uh, essentially to expand the reach of new technologies, increasing touches society as a whole. Advances in AI will have a transformative impact on a wide range of fields, including healthcare, security, energy, transportation, manufacturing, and entertainment. They will consider potential development and use of AI technologies and take into account a broad range of social and economic factors, so on and so forth. That's the first point, which, you know, sounds great. It's okay. So they're going to be working on everything else, trying to make the world a better place. Essentially, that's what it reads like. And something just happened. Hey, Jade, thanks for following. Next, they came out with avoid creating and reinforcing unfair bias. Now, this one's a little weird. It's saying that AI algorithms and data sets can reflect, reinforce, and reduce unfair biases. That they recognize that distinguishing fair from unfair biases is not always simple and differs across cultures and society. We will seek to avoid unjust impacts on people, particularly those related to sensitive characters such as race, ethnicity, gender, nationality, income, sexual orientation, ability, or political or religious belief i'm a little confused there because i'm not sure how ai really affects that either i'm not sure as well unless like they have something that they're working on that kind of may kind of touch on the border of that i'm not sure it's a little hatchy sketchy for me But third, be built and tested for safety. So they will continue to develop and apply strong safety and security practices to avoid unintentional 
sorry, unintended results that create risks of harm. And that they create their AI to be cautious to seek develop to seek and seek to, to develop them in accordance with best practices in AI safety research. Essentially trying to make sure they don't end up killing us all. To be accountable to people, which I think they're kind of showing off when it came to, you know, their employees. They're, they're doing a kind of pretty good job with that, I think. To uphold high standards of scientific excellence and that the commitment to open inquiry, intellectual rigor, integrity, and collaboration, it has the potential to unlock new realms of scientific research and knowledge in domains like biology, chemistry, medicine, environmental sciences. Um, they will can work on a range of stakeholders to promote thoughtful leadership, so on and so forth. Then it will be made available for uses that accord with these principles. Saying that many technologies have multiple uses. And as they develop it, it will be likely used in the following. And they will ev evaluate it likely uses in light of the following factors. One, primary pur purpose and use um, of a technology and application, including how close the solution is related to or adaptable to a harmful use nature and uniqueness whether we are making available technology that is unique or more generally available scale uh whether the technology the use of the technology will have significant impact and the nature of google's involvement whether they're providing a general purpose tool integrating tools for customers or developing custom solutions to be quite honest that's a lot of words and <laughs> same thing. And I'll be quite honest, it can be interpreted so many different kinds of ways. Like it is so vague in what they're saying that they are going to use it for. Now, they also have something that they won't be using it for. Technologies that cause are likely to cause overall harm. Where there is material risk of harm, we will proceed only when we believe that the benefit substantially outweighs the risks. So technically, they will still do it. It's just if the benefits are higher. And will incorporate appropriate safety constraints. Weapons or other technologies whose principal purpose or implementation is to cause or directly facilitate injury to people. Okay, so that kind of works hand in hand with point number one, causing overall harm, which means, okay, so you're saying essentially that even though this, you're saying that you're not gonna put it in weapons, you may still put it in weapons if it's deemed more beneficial than harmful. What? Sounds like. Technologies that gather or use information for surveillance violating internationally accepted norms, which AI doesn't really have accepted norms right now. That's kind of the thing. Like it's a developing and emerging technology. 
Like we have an AI robot who just got citizenship in Saudi Arabia. How is that internationally like accepted? What? And of course, technologies whose purpose. Ah, oh, I'm actually, let's see. Purpose whose purpose, uh, technologies whose purpose contravenes widely accepted principles of international law and human rights. So, Vicky, having said mm -hmm. all of that, what are your thoughts? Mm, my thoughts are a lot of there a lot of what was said was kind of vague the way they were they're able to use it for whatever they decide on what they're going to use it for and then they kind of have a little disclaimer because like you know they put it out there but they didn't use certain words or like say certain things so they have a disclaimer there in case anything like happens but it's really sketchy and the fact that the government about to get some whole get a hold of ai technology which i feel like google probably has the best at the moment or one of the best at the moment so it, it's a really sketchy topic pretty much pretty much like but to have this this um i don't know what you call it the, the, oh man the topian future dystopian future yes dystopian future soon i mean if they don't really because they're saying essentially that they're going to become ethical with this so if they end up not being ethical then yeah because then google can develop something for the government the government quite literally spends billions of dollars for national security and defense what's to say they're not going to take that recode it to however they want weaponize it and there we go like this the Euro Wall three mm. yeah yeah so i'm still wondering like if the whole if we already anyway i do wonder like if we haven't already had world war three considering all the things that's happened within the like past decade and technically the world has kind of come together and fought particular countries and groups and stuff like that uh, but they're just not calling it that but for now well, let's let's call it yeah world war three we're, we're getting to world war three something that we will call world war three um <laughs> and it doesn't really help the fact that they could still use it for a bunch of other stuff for security for um viewing people essentially like tracking people things that actually don't physically cause harm but could definitely make things a lot more big brotherish with the yeah, government they, they always watch it it's kind of like god's eye from fast and furious exactly exactly so that's mm, it's a it's a very weird situation for me with that um 
especially what's also happened within the past week with MIT creating essentially a schizophrenic artificial intelligence bot named Norman. <laughs> the name they chose, oh man. Norman always reminds me of Norman Bates. Honestly, like people need to stop putting these AIs on social media. First it was Microsoft with Tay Tay, I think it was, on Twitter. And that thing started becoming racist as hell. And then these people decided to not only put this AI on Reddit, but on the darkest parts of Reddit. So essentially what started to happen is... Uh, how should I explain, explain this? I'm trying to find it here. It's only a matter of time before AIs take over the world. Hopefully not. But they say that uh, the researchers fed Norman, the psycho AI, a steady stream of negatively mined information, well, posts from the darker corners of Reddit. And when confronted with colorful but vague image of, like, inkblots, uh, Norman, for example, would say it's a picture of a man killed by a speeding car. Or other examples were, uh, where was it? Someone with a hammer. Oh, no, no, that's, ah, uh, okay. A man shot dead in front of his screaming wife, or a man gets pulled through a dough machine. Like these are things that are bad. I think that's just the best way I could describe it. So the AI is basically the AI is basically kind of sort of parts of Norman Bates. Like crazy psycho killer. Essentially. Mm -hmm. Probably the reason why they named him Norman. Hmm. You may have a point with that. You may have a point. But this kind of draws on something. For me, at least. With Google developing AI for the government and this becoming quite something that we're not sure exactly what all it's going to include, what all projects are going to be working with them with, so on and so forth, other than just the project name, Project Maven. Um, and that it was not a weaponized form of AI. The fact of the matter still remains that it is AI. It's still the whole thing of it is learning. If someone was to take that, mess with it just a little bit and make it as whacked out in the head as Norman, for example, or give it a subset of data, essentially, to say, these are good guys. These are bad guys. Switch that. We're screwed. We're, we're quite it's literally great. screwed. And that's, that's the bad thing about AI. And that's what they need to be very careful about. Like, I think AI always needs to be managed by a human, regardless of it. And there has to be things in place that an AI cannot get past certain perimeters. But, I mean, there will still be then people who say, well, what happens if the AI does something um, too quickly? or goes another route 
And this is why I say like, we need it to be where it gives a suggestion and then we as humans act on it. I think that's the best and ethical version of AI. I don't know if you feel a different kind of way, Vicky. I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still with like the old people on this one. I'm fine right now without AI. I think it kind of creeps me out a bit. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm one of those old people that, that can live a few more years without it the present moment. Well, I mean, you're not alone. A lot of people, a lot of people have grown up with things like Terminator <laughs> and like these and even um, Odyssey 2000 where the AI inside the spaceship quite literally tries to kill the people in the spaceship. So AI I think has gotten a bad, bad rap over the years, but I think it's something that's been needed in a sense to make sure that we don't go overboard with this kind of stuff. And the fact that we have a now psychotic AI is <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, oh, so there are people that will do this kind of crazy stuff. Okay. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's... Mars? Yes, Mars? Mars? Hmm. Not sure. I mean, I'm cool with Mars once I got Apple products and, like, internet. Once I have internet, basically, then internet, bed, food, I'm good to go. <laughs> so I have no issues with Mars once I can get internet out there. How are you going to get internet in Mars? That's... If I don't have internet, then I'm going to Mars. You better build, like, they better start building a city on Mars right now. It's kind of like, like, and for those who haven't watched Supergirl, this is a spoiler, but in the new episodes of Supergirl, where they kind of, like, her mom kind of rebuild krypton on another planet we could do that we could rebuild earth on another planet hmm. i mean we can need a backup planet it's either that or we go the 100 route and everybody <laughs> and everybody hop up on a ship and we live inside space for a while but we need to you have to learn from their mistakes so we need to figure out what we could do with the oxygen first and then we can do that and leave everybody else on Earth. <laughs> uh, CJ, welcome to the show. You're saying that AI can never be a threat to humanity. I have to disagree with you. It all depends on how it's implemented. Um, it, hey, Clifton, welcome to the show as well. I honestly believe that, you know, if we don't implement it right, we don't set perimeters, we... Uh, just let it go wild, let it learn all by itself, give it full applications to all of our technologies and stuff like that. If This is a wild off thing nowadays because, well, AI is still being built. But say 50, 100 years from now, then... It's going to continuously get smarter and smarter and smarter as the years go by if we allow it to have access to just about everything. We don't give it limitations. Not only that, but AI, we're going to be building up more connections to stuff. And, you know, eventually there will be things that span and connect to a bunch of different stuff to try and collect stuff for, we're going to say, our benefit. And at some point, at some point, it may have too much information. 
Uh, CJ is saying that upon the death of the last human, AI would be faced with its own greatest threat, new thought. And that is, that's an interesting concept. Um, I say it's an interesting concept purely because AI has already been kind of creating its own things. It can already create its own paintings, sounds. Uh, AI quite literally has been able to talk to itself um, and created it, it has actually created its own language between two different AI platforms. So it it can evolve. I, I do have to disagree with you. It can evolve. And unless we do it properly and we don't just allow it to connect to everything and the government doesn't really screw us up and private companies don't really screw us up and mad scientists of the world don't really screw us up. <laughs> AI can only everybody's gonna screw us up. Let's feel it. There's a lot of things that can screw us up. CJ is saying that AI can only learn what is known. It rethinks what has already been done. To a degree. And that's because and this is me now. I say that it's only doing that now because it's still in the learning phase. We're still developing it. Keep in mind now, Google just came out with um duplex, which quite literally allows it to sound just and have a conversation with creating appointments that no one can really tell what the difference. Exactly. And that um is on point because plenty of people, they don't realize it, but they use ums usually like when they're, they're nervous and they're trying to collect their thoughts, just like, um, um, and you can tell it. And by you Google using that, it makes it seem a bit more human. It, it makes it seem humanized. Human. Is that even a, is a word? Mm. It humanizes it. Yes. Uh, humanizes it. Yes. yes. Which can then create another thing. Um, it, let's say you say, let's say we go along with uh, it only learns, it only uses what it learns. It has a perfect example. We've created civilizations and e upon eons of uh, civilization. It just has to learn from us when you really think about it and what your humans doing they are quite literally making these devices and these artificial intelligence programs become more and more human so that we end up with things like what we find in the movie her where you just plug something into your ear that you walk around with it it talks to you um when you get home it'll, it sinks directly inside your home and it knows everything about you it customizes itself to your own life so on and so forth cj is saying it has used a language that was unseen or unknown but not a new language like data there's a dark data and seen data what ai does is better utilization of unseen data it if i remember correctly it actually created its own language though like because it was not language that it was two completely different sets of ai one spoke one language one spoke another language and they kind of started talking to each other in their own language that wasn't something that was programmed or that it could have really like said okay this is a language that we can use to talk it actually developed its own granted much of it doesn't make sense at least to us but it still happened now whether it's using 
seeing data, unseen data. Yeah, typically the development of AI, and this is what machine learning is more based on, is using that unseen data or that data that's just seen, but is so vast that it becomes hard to really control and manage it, which I'm sure you know. Um, I'm, I'm explaining it for the other viewers. So it's, it's still a little weird. He's saying to think of AI as the ability to experience the multiple variables of our linear thinking in real time. That's one element of it. Um, again, that's the current implementation. What people are worried about is the possibilities. The fact that it can become Doctor Strange, for example, and see 14 million examples of how the world will end and decide to go with one that absolutely sees it actually come to the end. And I mean, it doesn't really help the people think that we live in a simulation, but uh, that's essentially that that's, I think that's the reason why people are really worried about it. And by the way, Vicky, mm -hmm. earth is 685 seven days away from mars by the time you are able to stream something like the world would have gone like almost beginning its third year past then so i don't think like anything that you're doing on the internet would be viable anymore especially if it was streamed from earth <sighs> I guess we'll be living the 100 route then. I think Probably. maybe they had, maybe they had internet on there on the spaceship. Hmm. Actually, I don't think. Well, actually, they have to have some kind of communication. It just I takes do. a while. Because if you look at the Mars rover, it does send images from time to time. Um, but it, there is a delay. So, and it's not like high-quality images, for example, or video, I should say, so. I'm not ready for the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I'd survive. I don't think many of us would survive. No, hey, Tom, no John. No TV. Yeah, no. Yeah. Many of us have grown accustomed to laying back on the couch and watching TV or playing games and being in the bed. CJ yeah. saying that it will reveal a language seemingly unknown as a twin. We have our own language that only the two of us knows, but it is still a language of our thoughts expressing that we what we already know, but communicating that code almost. Code is not new is not a new language, just computationally, we as humans <laughs> would need another AI or tap into our superior intelligence SI to overcome. And Tom John says that you're very you're you're fine, Vicky. Uh oh. Uh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um CJ, when it comes to that, I do have to agree. It will be a fight between AI and human intelligence. Mm -hmm. 
I'll I'll you say you call it SI for superior intelligence. I'll call it HI for human intelligence. Which we this can. Be a good Sorry. <laughs> People will debate whether human intelligence is superior intelligence, mainly because not all human intelligence is all that intelligent. <clears throat> um. But I think that mainly comes with once we actually have people that develop AI to a point where it can match human intelligence, then we will have something to really work on. Sure, we have things like uh, the GoBot, which can beat uh, Go players, any like even the professionals, even the top ranked ones, it can beat them. Uh, but at that same notion. You know, it's only for that subset of data. It can only beat them in Go. You put chess in front of it and it doesn't know what to do. And so it would then have to learn how to play chess. And that would take time and so on and so forth. Which I think a lot of, well, no, not a lot of movies really show that kind of thing where it has to learn and that you have a certain period of time until it finishes learning. And this can take months and years. Tom John says we use 5% of our brains. If we used all, we could do anything. Actually, Tom John, I'm not sure the old 5% um, of our brain phrase is actually true. What should we use? Do we use like 10%? 20? 5? I mean, some people say it's 10%. Uh, uh, okay. And let's see, there's an article from. So how much percent of their brains do surgeons and persons in the medical field use? I know they have to remember a lot. So what they're saying is, according to a survey from 2013, uh, many people believe that we only use 10%. But apparently this is just a myth. And according with interviews with neurologists, and this particular neurologist is Barry Gordon in Scientific American, he explains that the majority of the brain is almost always active and that the 10% myth was also debunked and established pu published in Frontiers and Human Neuroscience. Um, one common brain imaging technique called functional magnetic resonance or RFMI, RMR, I mean, sorry, FMRI, short for MRI, um, can measure activity in the brain while a person is performing different tasks. Using this and similar methods, researchers sh show that most of our brain is in use for most of the time, even when a person is performing a very simple action. And a lot of the brain is even active when a person is resting or sleeping. So the percentage of the brain in use at any given time varies from person to person. And it also depends on what a person is doing or thinking about. Which now when you really think about it, it makes sense because when you see like things with MRIs, like you see the actual or CAT scans, I should say, it actually shows um, probably not CAT scans, but MRIs definitely um, brain activity and like different parts of the brain lighting up where things actually, you know, are being shown that the human, well, the brain is thinking about or electrons are uh, hitting synapses and things are going on. I'm getting a little bit too technical. I need to probably stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, CJ is saying, doesn't the Mars rover make you rethink communication as you're told? K 
can't they drive a remote car across the country in real time? Sorry, they can't drive a remote car across the country in real time, but claim that they can millions of miles away drive the rover. Okay, then. What AI will do is an effect and affect uh, the augmented real I mean, aspect of human intelligence as we plug in. In regards to the driving a remote control car across the country, honestly, I think it has something to do with funding. NASA had the funding to do that. Most persons and businesses don't have the funding to put up towers to control things. Why is it like that? Though, when you really think about it, it probably can be done if it's done wirelessly using small cell sites and stuff like that, which won't cost as much, but small cell sites are still pretty expensive. Um, unless it's like a mass buy-in by like people just to do this one project, to like use their Wi-Fi signals and connections. This is making me think now. It is possible. It's just not feasible. I guess is the word. Uh, yeah, I'd use, I'd use feasible. And, well, AI is already affecting and causing effects to our intelligence and things that we previously thought. For example, what machine learning does. It's allowing us to go through a bunch of data that we would have taken years to go through, creating trends and subsets of data from that which makes it a lot easier for us to understand it in just a fraction of the time. So in that aspect, yeah, it's it's working hand in hand with our human intelligence and humans on a whole. So it kind of works out in that aspect. At least for now. Yes, the technology exists if it exists. I'm not saying it doesn't. What I'm saying is how feasible is it to actually happen? Like, sure, the government could then use a, use money to do a remote control car across the country. But at that point, then what? It's kind of like what they do with drones. And I think drones are probably the better example. They can use military drones and send them thousands of miles away to drop a payload on a house that someone at a base 3,000 miles away, um, even further away, can then control. It just needs that radio tower interface between point A, point B, and payload, which is the place where they're bombing or scanning or whatever they want to do with it. But moving on, because we spent quite a bit of time talking about that. Um, Vicky, I think you guys with your iPhones might be joining us using USB type C. I mean, next year. Next year. And like MKBHD said, I'll believe it when I see it. So, there's two sides to this debate. And Tom John is saying in the future, things like this would be easy. We evolve all the time. I completely agree. Uh, satellite use would be less expensive, Clifton. I am. Actually, no. Um, I mean, granted, these drones and stuff like that use satellites, but the actual um, 
cost of using satellites is very heavy where because you're having something up in this uh hmm, I, it's resources of things that it could be used on so it has both the electronic cost the actual use cost the resource cost so on and so forth um honestly the entire thing is expensive it's just what they want to use it for and what they're willing to put forth with it um but getting back onto the USB-C stuff um there was a report that came out essentially stating that you know uh well you, iPhones are going to be coming off with USB-C and it was a it's it's just a rumor at this time but that they'll be coming off with a lightning to USB-C cable and a new 18 watt charger they've already rendered it so they have an Is idea that lightning of, to USB? That's, that's what it seems like which would make oh, sense no we have lightning to USB-C already yes you do yeah so there's that which allows you to connect it to your MacBook Pro. And yeah. then they're saying that um, the actual iPhones may probably come with USB-C already built in, um, which is something that Digitimes apparently is reporting. Uh, they say that it would be a major shift in the product line that would presumably be the beginning of the end for Apple's proprietary lightning connector. Now, people are saying that it's probably also a little bit too quick for this to happen for example lightning connectors came after the 30 pin adapter which yes, was there for like was 12 the, years yeah it was the iphone 5 well even before that it was the ipods they were using the 30 pin adapters from inception no, i was saying i was saying the the ipod they they dropped the 30 pin iPod. I mean iPhone 5. That's when they dropped it. So that's when Lightning started. Right. Yes. Yes. Tom John is saying that iPhone needs to sort their products for the money. They have too many faults. Mm. They have faults, but so do many phones. Um. I think, be, how should I put it? It's kind of like a two-sided uh, two approach to it because much like how Android won't get to, to say that it's the uh, it's updated all the time because it's spread across the whole thing, the iPhone as well only will be able to really report that you know it's it has so many faults because there's only one device, essentially, or three devices in some cases compared to thousands of devices on Android side. So if you've got a phone on Android that's having problems, it's completely different than if you have a phone on one of the iPhones having problems as well. But because of the market share that iPhones have, which is somewhere between, ah oh boy. I believe it's between 40 to 50% of the market. Um, about half? Roughly about half. Mm -hmm. um, a little less than that, just because of the sheer amount of Android 
systems and stuff like that out there. But Apple pretty much then has to say and up, be upfront with it. Well, not always, but they people would prefer them to be upfront with it. That, you know, we have a problem with this device. Uh, we have to fix it because, well, most of our people who have this phone, you know, they're reporting on it. And Apple has their own forums, so people can put stuff there. There's Reddit, there's Twitter. They can't really hide from it for too long. Um, versus, let's say, Vivo, the, the phone company that's been making headlines for the past, like, for this year so far. With its revolutionary designs of the fingerprint scanner being built in and the pop-up camera, facing camera, and so on and so forth. They have a... So nice. Sorry. It looks it, that is what I call bezel-less edge-to-edge display. That phone, yes. the screen is perfect. So and it has like two two fingerprint two fingerprint scanners, right? Because if I remember correctly, one was on the screen and when I looked on the back, one I was on the back as well. Yep, exactly. Which I think is the, the perfect way to go about it if you want like uh well one of the perfect ways, one of the two perfect ways if you want to get a uh screen that does not have a notch for example and is bezel-less um get that like like final way to get that bezel-less full edge edge display but without having the pop-up camera like a pop-up camera is nice but i'm really feeling it too much i prefer to have my camera just like there but if they if they find a way to get that and i'm so down for that i mean because but I can't even lie. The screen, the the phone looks incredible. Like the ads that they had it on looks amazing. It was like wow. Now, <laughs> we just finished. Well, Vicky just finished talking up that phone. But say that phone has a problem. What happens then? It's completely different than what happens with an iPhone. They're a company that's coming up. Like they don't have the same kind of repertoire of the same kind of support let's say a samsung or a, an iphone does or even a google pixel you yeah, know they're not, they don't i feel like apple i feel like apple has a really big fan base behind them and that's the reason why they do so well mm-hmm. so that's why i say it's a little different and you're right uh iPhones are great with their hearing aids. We actually just talked about this. I think we actually talked about this in both of our previous, like, most recent episodes, like our last two episodes. We talked about the hearing aids and, like, especially the um, the directional listening so that it filters out, like, all the excess noise in the room and stuff like that, which I think is perfect. I, I think that's perfect. Apple Android needs to do something like that as well. I'm not an, an iPhone sheep or fan or anything like that i try to be i try to be unbiased and neutral i'm apparently I'm, told i'm not <laughs> no you're not i'm i'm semi-neutral as well but i've been told that i'm not either but i feel like i'm pretty neutral for most but the one thing about the hair in it because they're going to use cause like what you said they're going to use um the directional hair and they're going to use airpods so that means you gotta get that iphone then you got to go ahead and buy the airpods to get the direct the directional listening yep or you know you have the hearing aid for, that's actually certified for apple products yes or you have that as well but 
there's another element of why USB-C might not actually be making it. And that's because, because they use their chargers. Sorry, is that, is that the reason what she was going to say? No. no. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Um, it's because Lightning connectors are proprietary to Apple. And so they actually have a licensing program called MiFi. Sorry, MFi. Um, short for made for iPhone, iPod, iPad. And so essentially, people who create lightning connectors or adapters and stuff like that, they then get to say they're certified by Apple with a little uh, logo, essentially. And if they're not certified, then things can start to happen and go wrong with your peripheral, your adapter, your accessory, whatever it is. And that's happened before. So if they move to USB type C, they no longer have that licensing, which means they no longer have that money. <laughs> See where I'm going with this now? Yep. Well, I was going to say that lightning, the lightning cable right now is, is like Apple's hub for charging. Well, minus the MacBook Pro because, you know, they use USB-C for charging. But the Magic Mouse 2 uses the lightning cable. The keyboard uses the lightning cable. The trackpad uses the lightning cable. So it's just uh, like everything that they connect now uses the lightning cable. Don't don't hold that. They switched 30 pin adapters to lightning connectors yeah. to you on. Like, so it's like, wow. it's going to be like, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be like a dilemma, a, another dilemma, like that. Like how they switch 30 pins to lightning. So like people in their house got like, like for me, I have maybe, I made about five lightning cables in my house, so in my room. I have backups on my backups. So right now I'm only using about two, but I have like three other backups. And then you always have to have that lightning cable to take out of the house that's on its way out. So if you lose it, you don't feel too hurt about it. Yeah, so I have yeah. one of them. Yeah, so like you people have like abundance of lightning cables right now because all the parts that they have, then they need to charge. So when they flip, so when they flip the switch, from Lightning to USB-C, people got to go right there and replace all of them cables. And mm -hmm. Apple's going to have to change how to change their product or the, the stuff for their products, which is like the Magic Mouse trackpad and the keyboard. Which makes you have to spend more money. More money. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with Lightning cable right now. I have no issues with it. It's something that Apple is doing pretty well, in my opinion. This their own. Like, there's nothing else that has a lightning cable. So something else that I have no issue with. But if person's on USB-C and Apple gives it to us, then I gotta take it because I'm not leaving. <laughs> Tom John apparently has a question for us. Uh, would we choose an iPhone watch and phone or Samsung? And is there anything much different except price apple watch and i would choose apple watch and the phone before i pick a samsung um anything different except pricing mm. i've had a samsung gosh you know i've had like three samsungs already and i've had some of my bad experience with them and i also had an issue with like the software updating wise because it was so much you know that all of them would have like 
you like the one shop wouldn't have been able to get the latest software because there's so much multiple Samsung devices. Um, so that was one of the reasons why I switched. And I had a MacBook Pro trying to deal with a Samsung device, and I would like try to root it and do all them illegal stuff that I was supposed to be doing. Um, with it, and it would become issues, so I had to go on my dad's windows, and I got tired and fed up with doing all of that stuff. So I just, because like having an Android with a MacBook is a no-no. I don't know, like I, I, I guess it's too bother, it's too bothersome for me. I guess other people it's fine, but for me it was too bothersome. So I just like you know was like I'm gonna go back to my roots, grab an iPhone, got that. Then I thought the watch was stupid when I first saw it. But I got sucked in. I don't know. They just have like a grasp on me. So that's why I choose the watch. I don't really use it. So I don't use it for most of the things that they probably advertise. I use it to tell the time, check my notifications, and that's about it. Essentially, that's what a lot of people will end up using their smartwatches for. And that's what I fell into doing as well. Like there was one feature on there that my, um, at the time, fiance was like we would use and it was like sending messages or emojis or like little drawings to one another and that was on google's uh android wear system which is not an apple um, watch nor a samsung watch um honestly though i would probably end up just for functionality from if it's comparing apple to samsung and you're using the watch element of it as a key element i would mm -hmm. have to say mm -hmm. you know vicky <laughs> you you're making me not want to say this right now <laughs> i can't to say it i already know apple watch is the best smartphone i mean smart watch out there we all know. We've seen this. We've seen this. 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 Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Choke on it. <laughs> um, yeah, I would. I would have to go with iPhone. Just because Samsung is also using their own version of operating system called Tizen with their um, smartwatch system, which means it's not using Android. It's not really tying in as neatly to the android ecosystem and it works with samsung because it's all samsung and samsung pushes ties in operating os um they tried it with smartphones and it continuously flopped time and time again so they're building it on other devices like smartwatches which can they then allow access into the phone to get information and like certain particular apps like s health and stuff like that which are neat and whatnot but if you want buying for your buck and you i would say if you have an iphone already get the apple watch if you already have a samsung either go with the samsung watch or an android wear watch because both of those will work with a samsung device also the android wear watch while it'll lose some functionality can also work on an iphone Whereas an Apple Watch doesn't really have that functionality with an Android. Nope. It's all that stays in the family. So, personally, 
and this is what i did because i have android i got uh lg's sorry moto um, 360 the second generation granted it's now not being updated anymore which means i would need to get a new smartwatch but that's what i chose so i'll put it like that if you have one ecosystem continue on with that ecosystem exactly so what i did i had one ecosystem i continued on with that oh i know what it was that got me to buy the watch they had they're definitely updating mac os and you're going to be able to unlock your laptop uh... yeah that was the reason why i got the watch mm-hmm and I used it for like, I used it for maybe like two weeks, two, three weeks, and I turned it off. Because you have to have two-factor two factor, two authentication on in order to use it. And I wasn't interested in always having, when I got my iCloud, I always have to like go to my other device. Um, but yeah, it is just like Microsoft, I mean, Xbox and PlayStation, which is the reason why I'm neutral. And I always yeah. give people an opinion. I always give, I always tell people, both are pretty good. They, I don't know, they do what you want them to do. So make sure to choose the phone of which you want, which you want specifically. So like if you want something open, go with an Android phone. If you want something, if you don't mind the clothes and security in regards to Apple products, then go with an Apple product. Like don't just get it because Apple is hype or this phone is hype. It's up to you. Get the phone which you want it to be used for. The walled garden. Yes. If you want to be in the garden with us, then get an Apple product. If you don't want to be in the garden, then get an Android. Speaking of walled gardens, uh, in a previous episode, we were talking about Grey Key, the device that you could use to break in. The law officials were essentially using to break into iPhones that were locked, secured, um, without the use of the codes or with biometrics of any sort. They could just get access. Apple has taken a stance against that. And the fact that now they're actually blocking it, that from even happening uh, by changing, um, because these efforts rely on actually connecting in to the phone using the lightning connector. Apple is restricting that. Um, so they say that the lightning port is used for charging iPhones, which will still be possible when the devices are in a locked state and for transferring data, which will be blocked after an hour. That's point number one. Police sometimes seek to extract content by connecting devices to iPhones ports many days after seizing them from users under investigation. The reaction to the proposed chains apparently broke along familiar lines with privacy and security advocates sharing the move with and law officials official right law enforcement officials decrying it which you know makes sense they've been fighting apple to um nail and tooth to try to get access to people's phones even going so far as to go into a dead man's funeral and try to unlock his phone um so yeah they are locking it down even further meaning that after an hour the lightning connector is going to you know unless you are unlocking the phone and using it it's not going to work it's not going to charge or anything like that wait did i read that right that doesn't sound right 
Okay. Okay, I think it's the transferring of data that we blocked after an hour. But you could still charge your phone because that wouldn't oh. make sense. Because yeah, many people leave their phones charging overnight. Well. Yeah. That, nah, that... I, don't my, I don't leave my phone charging overnight. Um, I don't trust that. <laughs> many people, that's the only time when they actually have the time to charge their phone. And then they just I mean, fall asleep and. Yeah. yeah. When I come home from work, if my phone's dead, put it on charge. But before I go to sleep, I unplug it and then don't have to charge it again in the morning when I get up. So, Vicky, you're aware of what Uber is, right? Mm hmm. Okay. So, for those that aren't, Uber essentially is a company generally in the states but it is also in countries worldwide um not everywhere but quite a number of the main ones uh that allows for something called ride sharing so you go on the app you say you want to be picked up from here and this is and then you set where you want to be dropped off someone comes picks you up takes you to your destination and the app pays using your uh linked credit card or bank account or whatever it is even paypal account and so there's no money transferring hands or anything like that and so this is beneficial for a lot of things one because taxis don't always come on time that kind of thing this also allows you to see where your ride is where taxis don't but one key thing that it was definitely used for is for people who are drunk because they shouldn't be driving and so they call an uber or a lyft or any such ride-sharing company and you know that's a safe way to get home uber is apparently well was apparently and this is where the news that you might be reading in news lines is a little skewed because they're making it seem like they were actively looking to patent this idea whereas this idea was actually from 2016. but essentially what they were looking to do was if you it used ai so again that's artificial intelligence to uh let's see it would use things like uncharacteristic user activity like passenger location number of typos entered into the mobile app and even the angle of the smartphone was being held because you know when you're drunk you're going to be holding your phone like <laughs> so it used all of that to say whether a person was drunk or not and the idea was it then gave the person who was picking them up the opportunity to decline the ride and say you know i don't want to handle someone who's drunk which when you think about it is a really good thing for the security of the tax well for the security of the uber driver but at the same time bad thing for the customer exactly so uber is essentially saying that it had no immediate plans to implement it it doesn't mean that they won't but there's no immediate plans for it um and the proposed patent which was again filed in 2016 what they're saying is that we are always exploring ways that our technology can help improve the uber experience for riders and drivers we file patent applications on many ideas, but not all of them become products or features. 
So, Vicky, I know you typically don't end up in a situation where you're drunk and need a ride. But how would you feel if you were in the States, you got drunk, wasted, tried to get a ride, and then they told you no? No. Mm, I'd be upset. I would too. Especially if there's like, there's no bus system around, there's no train system around, and there's no taxi. I'm in a foreign country. Yeah, I'd be upset. So. And then I wonder how am I going to get home? Mm hmm. It's it's a lot of like little small things with it. So I'm kind of glad they didn't actually go forward with it. But I can see the reason why they even looked into it. So kudos to them on both of those elements. Now, another controversial topic. Spotify has apparently been licensing songs directly from artists. Essentially sides like sidestepping music labels now i know it, when we were talking about it earlier chris seemed very like kudos to spotify for this i'm a little worried but overall it seems like what they're doing is if they can connect to the artist directly they can actually give the artist more money and so that would then maybe enhance the artist's lifestyle maybe they can help produce more um, songs without having to go on tour as much you know things like that which a lot of plus then they don't have to take as much of the music label wouldn't take the the cut that the artist would have had yeah. and sometimes these can be massive cuts like anywhere between i've seen where the artist gets t anywhere between 20 percent to 60 percent of the actual money being made so if they can get 80 percent i i don't see a real problem with that the problem comes with the music labels for several things one is the music labels who have the pull essentially if you screw up and say well uh i'm gonna play this music from this particular artist in my YouTube video, who's the one that's coming after you? The music label. Who's the one that's finding these artists and weeding out the ones who's trying to sell you their fire mixtape and mumble rap versus those that <laughs> versus those that actually are quality and like creme de la creme. It's the music labels. Now, my question is, is Spotify trying to become its own music label? That's what it's kind of, kind of like SoundCloud. Like, you know, some really good artists on SoundCloud, but they never have a label. Like, they go directly, well... It's SoundCloud, so you just could sign up. But yeah, like they go directly to SoundCloud, post their music, and that's them. Whereas persons don't really have, like, if you use their music in like videos and stuff like that, you don't really get like flagged. And I noticed that a lot of TV shows would use SoundCloud artist music. If anybody hasn't noticed it, I've, I have my Shazam done. So when I'm listening to TV shows, 
<laughs> there are some really good artists out there. Like, oh, yeah, when you listen to TV shows and I Shazam picks them up, when I take a look at it, it's always like some artist that's not on iTunes. It's usually like someone from either SoundCloud or like some underground indie artist. Um, so, like, I would say Spotify is kind of getting like SoundCloud, but how Spotify is specifically there for music and it's really, it's, it's really picking up lately. So I could see why they're doing it. They're just cutting out the middle line, going straight to the source. So I could see why they're doing it, but I don't know if they're going to have their own label. Mm. They, they may be looking at it in terms of helping out the artists in regards to like cutting out the labels cut and being able to give the artists their own like their full money would be able to help them with supplies, tours and stuff like that instead of them always having to deal with the labels. Um, so they may be looking at it that way, but companies always look at it from their benefit. So it could be like I could be wrong. Well I like how you use SoundCloud as an example. SoundCloud, while it has many good artists, it also has many bad artists. Artists. <laughs> and that's what I think a lot of people are starting to wonder about. Like, is Spotify just going to allow anyone in like this? Or will it be top tier artists and who are already well known and whatnot? And then they just bypass the music label. And at that point, you really, really start to start wondering because, well, let's say we have a an Usher, uh, DJ Khaled, a Minaj, uh, Cardi B. Uh, Usher, did I say Usher? Uh, yeah, you did. Uh, Rihanna, uh, pretty much any top tier artist. When you bypass their music label, they're going to come out for blood more than likely because they aren't going to be making their cut anymore. At least from, from your, you, I'm streaming via you. Mm. Or SoundCloud could be SoundCloud or like Spotify could be kind of taking, trying to take the place of SoundCloud in a way. Allow, like how you were saying, you know, if they're gonna allow anybody to just come and post up their music, so yeah, it may it may be trying to give SoundCloud boot. Which I mean, it's possible because they're they are allowing particular podcasts to be go on Spotify now. So they're going music and podcasts, which is mainly what um, SoundCloud. Spotify, yeah, SoundCloud is right, but at the same time. Oh. I, I'm just worried that they're going to allow in a lot of bad artists as well. And I mean, you go to Spotify to listen to good music. I don't use Spotify. Well, for those of us that do. I find my music and I listen to and I obtain my music the old fashioned way. Torrenting? Yes. Oh, Jesus. And I find my music by watching TV. Folks, make sure you buy your music from your local, you know, music store uh, no, via no, CD. Do you even have a local music store? Uh, I don't no. think we do. This is why we have to torrent over here. I no, feel like I said this. We have, you have, uh, 
uh, the iTunes store. I, I would have the Google uh, store. We have, we have the iTunes store that categorized for our country. So things that I would be looking for in the iTunes store would be situated in the U.S. iTunes store, then the Bahamas, then the Bahamas iTunes, well, the Bahamian iTunes store. Then there's YouTube. Yeah, but YouTube won't don't allow me to play music without being without having the app open. So I have to torrent. That's why Tubity's around. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going like from bad to worse. <laughs> Folks, do whatever you can to stay legal. I will suggest that and leave it there. Um speaking of podcasts though. Since we were just talking about Spotify and SoundCloud with podcasts, apparently Google is going to be making its own podcast app. Though it's going to be a shell of itself, at least so people are saying. And it's really sad because podcasts are becoming more and more popular as time goes by. Um, I mean, they were popular from years ago when I was first doing my first set of podcasts, Patag and Snap. Um, that was 2005 to 2007. I was in elementary, actually, no, yeah, I was in elementary, yeah, yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was doing podcasting from then. Um, but yeah, it's definitely exploded since then. And what it seems that Google is doing is even though they have when you search for a podcast, they allow you to listen to the podcast from the search, even though when I did it today, it seemed like they took it away. I don't know what's going on there. I know that was a thing at some point. Um, it seems that they may be just making this Google podcast app that you're going to be downloading from the Play Store. Just something that directs you directly into the official Google app. You would have to have Google, the Google app on your phone to access Google podcasts. Um, it would just open it up. You and work very similar to how Google play music works with podcasting in a sense. Um, just to allow you to, I guess, subscribe and see what's happening with your podcast, maybe listen to them, but at least there's more integration happening with podcasts. So keep an eye out and until next week, I think that's all of our topics. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, not not too shabby. No, we didn't go over time too much. Too much, just fifty yeah, minutes. Just a little bit. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> just a smidge, fifty minutes. You know, just just a smidge. Actually, no. Sometimes we don't typically go for like an hour, so twenty minutes. Twenty. But uh, yeah, I would like to thank everyone that came onto the show and was talking like tom john clifton wilscombe uh cj sorry c allen johnson otherwise known as cj or critical thinker um hmm. Hmm. where was he speaking from he was on facebook facebook oh. yes. yeah, no this is a guy no? that lives in grand bahama he's a fairly uh older gentleman oh, okay never mind then he's in he's in like the caucasian no 
okay, okay, never mind. He's like around Chris's much, color. Ah, too much CJ's in the world. <laughs> last name Johnson. <laughs> and thanks to Savage Dragon two four two and Jade Sands for following. And I think uh, someone else had followed on YouTube, but I'm not seeing on the list, which is Ansem. Anyway, uh, I'd also like to thank my co-host for coming on, Raquel. You're welcome. And as always, feel free to tune in back again next week, Thursday, for on YouTube, Twitter, uh, Twitch, uh, Mixer, and Facebook for another episode of Tech Talk. Uh, this well, actually, next week, Thursday, I'm not sure. We we will try to be doing an episode. We CJ. 54 is not older. Really. 54 is not old? Oh no, that's old. <laughs> okay. No, no offense. I'll let no Vicky offense, do the savagery. But... No, I just think, I think it's for, for relatively old age. No offense, CJ. Um, but yeah, we, we will try to do another episode next week, but I will... I may be in Grand Bahama at the blockchain conference. Um, <laughs> um, so we will try to see if the internet is stable enough to have the show there next week, Thursday. If not, then we'll be back the week after that. Um, do expect another episode. Um, we'll be recording an episode with one of the representatives from the uh, Office of the Prime Minister in, of Grand, in Grand Bahama uh, talking about the conference. So look forward to a episode on YouTube. We will not be streaming that one live uh, just because of time constraints and needing to get that out. And yeah. Until next time, guys. This is your host, Michael Amorgan. Take care. Take care. Perspective, perception, reality, youth is distorted, <laughs> reality of linear time. Anyway, CJ.